0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening, and thanks
1: for joining us. Those stories in just a moment. But we begin tonight with some cause for optimism on the labor front. The province has cleared its first hurdle in negotiating new deals with public service employees. But as Aaron MacArthur reports, there is still much work to be done.
2: More than 60,000 healthcare workers on the verge of a contract that will see them through the next three years. Nine unions representing everyone from licensed practical nurses to lab assistants and cleaning staff will vote on a tentative deal struck late last night with government.
3: This settlement provides for a wage increase and other compensation improvements that will help keep skilled, experienced work care, workers in health care.
2: This deal, the first one across the finish line for the public sector... The B.C. General Employees Union appears to be close to a settlement as well. The government issuing a short statement Friday highlighting the common bargaining strategy being used to deal with the labour unions. It reads, negotiations under the shared recovery mandate support government's key priorities to improve public services and the health care system, while supporting the province's continued economic recovery for all. There are still huge swaths of the public sector, though, that need to hammer out deals. Political observers say there is enormous pressure on the NDP to gain labor peace before the next election cycle.
0: It allows Mr. Eby to, to come in if he were to, to win the, the leadership to be able to to put together a new direction so, so, so,
2: so. Any deal seemed unlikely even last week a BCGEU ban on overtime, And pickets at liquor distribution hubs were suffocating the hospitality industry. A billion-dollar surplus announced this week seems to have given the unions some measure of a cost-of-living allowance. The premier, on Tuesday, was positive other deals could be worked out.
4: And, uh, this will be the beginning of uh, a template for further negotiations with other critical employees uh, that service uh, British Columbians.
2: The tentative deal reached for the health unions won't be made public until the memberships see it firsthand. The bargaining unit recommending it be accepted unanimously. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
1: And let's bring in our Keith Baldry in Victoria for a closer look at the other major negotiations that are at the bargaining table or about to be at the bargaining table. Keith?
4: A whole lot of bargaining yet to happen, Sophie. A very busy fall and winter for negotiators on all sorts of unions. We're talking about a heck of a lot of contracts that have expired. Most of them expiring March 31st. Here's a look at some of the major negotiations that have already started. Keep in mind, we've got 184 contracts covering 390,000 employees. BCGU, as Aaron said, appears very close to a deal. The BC Teachers Federation has had a number of talks, and they have talks scheduled again, as does QPK-12 support staff. They've got talks scheduled, and so does HABC, the Community Health. component of that. Now the doctors of BC and the resident doctors of BC are not unions, but they are negotiating new master agreements. So there's a a heck of a lot lot of activity still lies ahead here. In terms of what the settlements are going to look like, we don't particulars of what the HEU agreed to, but the HEU sent out some hints that I reported on the last couple of weeks. They liked what they saw at the table. At the same time, the GU did not like what they saw at the table. They essentially are getting offered the same package. So look for the HEU deal to be a little sweeter, a little more uh, generous than the BCGU deal, but not necessarily more. So uh, that much more. It's 11% over three years plus a $2,500 signing bonus is what the GU was offered the last time uh, the uh, before job action was precipitated. And the HU deal will probably be just a little more than that with probably a little more attention paid to a cost of living allowance near the end of the contract we should know more in the coming days
1: all right thanks for that keith aldrey in victoria a one-year-old colonna boy who accidentally ingested suspected illicit drugs has made a full recovery but that case has brought to light some harsh realities about the ongoing drug crisis in the province and how it's affecting vulnerable children
3: remina Dea reports The one-year-old who overdosed in Kelowna last week is now in the care of the ministry. The RCMP still investigating. The little boy, 100% healthy, we're told.
2: We're really happy that the outcome has turned out positive.
3: The case, not isolated, says the ambulance paramedics of BC.
2: We are seeing more and more children, like under 10, um, accidental overdoses. It's, you know, your worst fear when you're responding to a call like that. Two children...
3: Under the age of 10 have died from suspected illicit drug overdoses in less than two years, according to the BC Coroner Service. But how many young children have accidentally overdosed and survived? No one can tell us. Parents and caregivers need to understand the risks and have a safety plan, says BC's top child and youth advocate.
5: Given the toxicity of the drug supply, we're very mindful that there are significant risks, and really encouraging families to make sure that they're very, very attentive to um, if they are using to ensure that their children are not exposed. Because even tiny amounts can have an impact on a little one.
2: And the strength of carfentanil and f- and fentanyl that you're talking about, the potency is incredibly high. They could accidentally overdose really quickly, and uh, and the impacts on a on a small body is is amplified incredibly because they don't have the size.
3: Since last week, we've made multiple requests for on-camera interviews with BC's chief coroner and an expert from BC Children's Hospital. But they are refusing to do interviews on this very serious matter. The reality Thousands of parents and caregivers are using illicit drugs. Paramedics reminding users to keep drugs out of the reach of children, clean surfaces properly, and have Narcan on hand.
2: I think that's where we can do a lot of prevention is uh, the accidental overdoses. Um, those should be eliminated entirely.
3: Romina Dea, Global News.
1: The Integrated Homicide Investigation team has now taken over a fatal stabbing case in Abbotsford. Police were called to this apartment building in the 1900 block of McCallum Road just before six Thursday evening. The unidentified victim was taken to hospital where he later died from his injuries. IHIT says this is an isolated incident and investigators don't believe there is a danger to the public.
6: Uh, Officers while on scene arrested a 46-year-old man uh, at scene that remains in police custody. Uh, We are currently uh, trying to determine, if any, the connection between the two parties and to understand the motive of this assault uh, and ultimately a homicide.
1: A second man has now also been taken into custody, and it's believed the victim knew his attackers. I hit is asking for anyone who witnessed the attack to give them a call. And I hit is continuing its investigation of the murder of Manny Amar in Newton earlier this week, and they have released the man arrested on scene. Amar died after a physical altercation with a neighbor on Wednesday near 141 Street and 61st Avenue in Surrey. His brother says Manny was a devoted, a devoted father, brother, son and friend. A talented individual who devoted his life to activism and the arts. IHIT says a man was arrested on scene but charges have not been laid and the man has been released from custody. They are asking any witnesses to the incident to contact them. A man considered to be a significant threat to public safety is now in police custody. Surrey RCMP have arrested 28-year-old Shaquille Basra in Richmond with the help of the emergency response team. Police say Basra is involved in the ongoing Lower Mainland gang conflict. He was one of 11 men police named in a public safety warning last month. Basra has been charged with possession of a restricted firearm and remains in custody until his next court date. Police in Chilliwack are investigating after reports of an indecent act involving children. Chilliwack RCMP say two children were playing at Cultus Lake Elementary on Tuesday when a man approached them and touched himself. Police also got word of a man with the same description exposing himself near First Avenue and Hemlock Street in Cultus Lake. The suspect is described as Caucasian, 20 to 25 years old, with dark shoulder-length hair. He is five foot nine to 6' tall with a thin build. RCMP say they will have an increased presence in Cultus Lake over the weekend. It was an emotional day in a North Vancouver courtroom as former Whitecaps coach Bob Berarda broke down in tears as he apologized to his victims for his crimes. The sexual offenses spanned decades, and his victims were young girls who were elite soccer athletes taken advantage of by a man in power. Sarah McDonald has more on the sentencing hearing and his apology.
6: An emotional day in court on Friday with a long-awaited apology from former disgraced Vancouver Whitecaps and Canada soccer coach Bob Berarda, who pleaded guilty earlier this year to sexual offences involving multiple female teenage soccer players. Berarda grew visibly emotional and cried as he addressed the North Vancouver Provincial Courtroom late in the afternoon on Friday. During his sentencing hearing in February, the 55-year-old pleaded guilty to four charges, three counts of sexual assault and one count of sexual touching while in a position of authority. All of the offenses involve high-level athletes, all girls under the age of 18 at the time, coached and mentored by Berarda, spanning a time period of two decades between 2008 and 1988, when Berarda was 21 years old. In court, Berarda expressed remorse for his actions, saying, quote... I am so sorry. An apology from me today probably means very little to you, but maybe it will mean something in the years to come. I am here today to take responsibility for my actions and the impact it has had on you. How could I have done and said the things I did? How could I have hurt these women like this? How could I have let down so many people who believed in me? How could I do these things and betray my wife and family who I so loved? Berardo began crying as he addressed one of his victims, saying, quote, I was a 40-year-old man. I have a daughter and could not imagine a man communicating with her in the way I was communicating with you. I don't have the words to express how sorry I am. As for sentencing, Crown is asking for two years, less a day for Berarda, who told Court he's taken tangible steps, including therapy, to improve as a person since he lost his elite coaching roles with the Vancouver Whitecaps and Canada Soccer in 2008. Defence is asking for a 12-month sentence, eight months behind bars and four months of house arrest. Burrata remains under strict bail conditions. His sentencing hearing will resume on September 9th. Sarah MacDonald, Global News, North Vancouver.
1: The suspect accused in an apparent racist attack on a Chinatown senior this past spring is now wanted on a BC-wide warrant. And as Kristen Robinson reports, he's no stranger to police.
7: The suspect in an unprovoked attack that left an elderly man running for cover during his morning walk in Chinatown, now charged but still at large.
2: We arrested the individual. He was taken to jail. He was charged for assault with a weapon. He is wanted uh, now, BC-wide warrant for the incident.
7: 44-year-old Patrick James Jr. Duncan is accused in the May 20th attack. Police say appears to have been racially motivated.
2: For no reason, he was pepper sprayed. Uh, a number of offensive uh, hate, anti-Asian hate comments were made against him. This is an 87-year-old Asian man that was out for his daily walk in Chinatown. Goes to his favorite restaurant, goes to his favorite coffee shop, sits and reads the paper.
7: After the incident, the victim's daughter expressed her frustration on Twitter, saying this was the second attack on her father since September when he was pushed to the ground by a woman who didn't like him speaking chinese
2: we talked back and forth a number of times and she was very worried she was also worried about the the public safety issues the crime issues in chinatown the anti-asian hate that that
3: uh, individuals were experiencing
7: duncan was arrested days after the incident and released before a charge was sworn monday he is also accused of theft possessing a knife and threatening a liquor store loss prevention officer in july Duncan's criminal resume in B.C. dates back two decades includes 49 theft convictions, 14 breaches of probation, two assaults and escaping lawful custody. The victim's daughter hopes her father's alleged attacker is caught and justice is served. Kristen Robinson, Global News.
1: A crackdown is coming at Cultus Lake this long weekend. After the August long weekend saw fire crews facing big challenges navigating the busy road, authorities now have a plan to keep the stretch clear, and it involves tow trucks. Why visitors will want to plan more time to find legal parking spots this weekend. That's next on the news hour.
8: I've never known anything like this to happen to anybody. It's completely unacceptable.
1: The community rallies around a North Vancouver restaurateur who faced a disturbing racist attack. That's coming up later.
9: Now how doing. Like for- Plus, a
1: new music video with a surprising location. If you know, you know. And if you don't, we'll tell you later on the news hour. Right now, though, RCMP will be ramping up enforcement at Cultus Lake, targeting drivers who park illegally along the Columbia Valley Highway. For years, random parking has created nightmare issues for emergency responders. In Madagahi now with the long weekend crackdown.
9: The emergency vehicles you see here struggling to squeeze through traffic on a narrow road belong to the Cultus Lake Fire Department, whose members on this day decided to record a video out of frustration.
2: We just wanted to document it and have some proof to, to you know, pass on to the higher ups that hey, there is a problem here and we need to find a solution to manage this.
9: A problem for many years according to those who live in the communities surrounding the lake. And sometimes, on long weekends, it becomes unmanageable.
6: It's unsafe and it's, it's concerning.
9: When parking lots and boat launches fill up quickly on hot summer days at Cultus Lake, many decide to park on the shoulder of both sides of Columbia Valley Road. In some instances, desperation to park somewhere leaves little regard for the only lane of traffic.
6: This is our little kind of rural highway, and it's the only way in and the only way out, and that that is vital to people.
9: The Ministry of Transportation has supplied these pylons in the past as a potential deterrent to illegal parking.
6: They're knocked
9: over. The bases are thrown like frisbees. But now, heading into the Labor Day long weekend, the community is ready to beef up its enforcement. We have
6: hired a tow truck.
9: The Fraser Valley Regional District says it has the backing of the ministry and local RCMP. It has also put up extra signage.
6: What we want for people is to really to respect the no parking zones, to respect the need for our first responders to get where they need to go.
9: On Friday, they had already started warning people. But come Saturday and Sunday, during what they expect to be the busiest time here, there may be no choice but to clear the road of dangerously parked cars. When
2: traffic needs to pull over and there's nowhere to pull over, it delays our response times which can put lives
9: in danger. Emad Global News.
1: Up next, the missing middle.
2: Missing middle is kind of buildings in between a single family house and what you'd call like a downtown high rise.
1: The density debate facing BC's capital city and still to come BC's Pakistani community rallies to send help to
5: their flood ravaged homeland Above the Patello Bridge right now looking great for your long weekend commute no delays for either direction Today's Lotto Max jackpot is an estimated 50 million dollars plus an estimated 2 max of Lotto Max Dream to the Max in Global One I'm Jennifer Lee high above the Patello Bridge
1: Housing density is up for debate at Victoria City Council and is proving to be as divisive an issue in BC's capital as it has been in other cities. Council has been hearing from dozens of residents on a polarizing policy called the missing middle.
5: Kylie Stanton
6: reports. I do not have that information right now. After
5: more than 10 hours of heated public hearings, there are questions and debate.
3: Take some zoning amendments to help But
5: still, no decision from Victoria Mayor and Council on the controversial missing middle housing initiative, leaving those for.
2: We have to be building this missing middle type housing.
5: And against.
2: It's just too much.
5: Waiting.
8: It's not gentle.
5: The term missing middle refers to medium density housing options like houseplexes, small apartment buildings, and townhomes situated between detached single family homes and larger scale apartment buildings. The goal is to make it easier to replace a single family home with a houseplex, creating more diverse options for home buyers. And there's a long way to go. Currently, medium density housing makes up only 5% of new home construction in Victoria while apartments, condos, and detached homes make up the rest.
2: So what's proposed is to allow for six units per property along you know, mid-blocks, and then on some corner lots, you can build up to 12, uh, 12 homes with certain conditions. If we do want vibrant neighbourhoods that have young families and a diversity of demographics, reforms are needed.
5: But there are concerns the increased density will impact the value of neighboring single detached homes. Others worry renters living in affordable suites will be forced out due to development. Then there's the parking issue and fears developers won't stick to the character of the neighborhoods.
4: This missing middle proposal will impact every street in Victoria in in a different way and they won't really know what the impact is until somebody starts to build a sixplex next to their house. What
5: parts of the zoning maybe do we need to improve upon? Adopting the initiative won't solve Victoria's housing crisis, but Mayor Lisa Helps has said it's a piece of the puzzle. Whether the councillors agree will be made clear soon enough. A decision is expected to be made on September 8th. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria.
1: Hundreds more on-campus housing options are coming to Nanaimo's Vancouver Island University. The province is injecting $87 million, which will almost cover the total cost of the project. The new money will increase student housing at VIU by more than 50%, from 536 to just over 800 beds. The building will include a common area for students, as well as a new dining hall. Project construction will incorporate strategies to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. It's been a quiet summer for Metro Vancouver's real estate market with fewer listings and sales. The Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver says home sales in August fell just over 40% from last year at this time to a little over 1,800. That's a, not, a 0.9% drop from July. Last month's sales were also nearly 30% lower than the 10-year sales average for the month of August. The Real Estate Board says inflation and interest rate hikes were factors in the decline.
10: For home buyers there's a lot of different forces at play uh, there's been some uh you know softening of home prices which means that what how much you need to borrow has gone down however with interest rates on the rise your borrowing costs are up so you need to do those calculations um, as well as the inflation in the economy uh, you know, people are worried about prices at the pump um, but also you do have more time to make decisions
1: The average price of a home in August dropped by about 2.2% from July to roughly $1.1 million. Coming up, the dire situation in Pakistan and the impact on families here. We are far away from our home, and it's very difficult for us to process. How the local community is stepping up to help. And later, Vancouver's newest library and why it's about much more than just books.
0: Global BC wants to see you at the PE Fair. Catch all the fun at this end of summer tradition from attractions and entertainment to food and rides and the stories that make it all come alive. The PE Fair in partnership with Global BC.
5: Over top of the Massey Tunnel, where counterflow is out your two lanes in both directions. Southbound traffic on the 99, still a little slow at Steveston Highway overpass. Today's Lotto Max chatbot is an estimated $50 million, plus an estimated two max Lotto Max, dream to the max. I'm Jennifer Lee in Global One, high above the Massey Tunnel.
1: More than 1,200 people have been killed in Pakistan as widespread flooding ravages the country. Heavy monsoon rains have created scenes like this since mid June. Roughly 30 million people have been affected by the flooding. Neighboring countries are flying in humanitarian aid to less developed regions. The local Pakistani community is calling for help to raise funds for those who've lost everything. Islamic Relief Canada uh, is a national organization uh, in Canada, and they are currently, they have their volunteers on ground collecting donations and money uh, to help out people in need. So I would say like even if you're not able to like donate something financially, even like volunteering your time to help out would be really appreciated. So far the damage is estimated to be upward of 10 billion dollars. A longtime North Vancouver business owner who was the victim of a racist attack last week says he's overwhelmed with support. Edward Herr owns Nobu Sushi in Edgemont Village and has for 19 years. He says a woman was walking her dog past the restaurant last week and allowed the animal to urinate against his door. He came out to ask her not to and he says the woman spat on him and told him to go back to his country. After sharing Edward's story, he says he received so much support from his community.
8: The community is rallying around uh, Ed and Julia and saying, listen, you're part of our community and that's what what it should be. There's some lovely flowers, there's all kinds of things showing that the community supports Ed and Julia and their sushi business.
11: And I just felt from my
7: heart, I wanted to give them a little bit of tiny support by bringing flowers. Many,
8: many people after news they watching the after news. They're coming to my store and leave those flowers, car, and some people, they want to make
11: We are very, very so thankful to everyone.
1: North Vancouver RCMP are investigating the incident. In Health Matters tonight, a drug that was first approved to treat a different virus could soon help people suffering from monkeypox. Researchers in England are testing the treatment that they hope will soon stop the disease in its tracks.
10: Nearly 20,000 Americans have caught monkeypox, affecting people in all 50 states. Now British researchers at Oxford University are testing a new drug to fight the virus called tecovirimat.
8: So there's every reason to believe it will be
10: effective in humans with monkeypox. The drug initially developed for smallpox is already being used in hospitals with extreme cases. Dr. Peter Horby and a team of British scientists are recruiting 500 patients with monkeypox for their trial. Half will be given the drug over 14 days, the other a placebo. How does this drug affect monkeypox? How, How does it actually work?
8: It prevents the viruses leaving the cell. So it prevents transmission onwards to other cells. So it really sort of interrupts um, replication of the virus within people who are infected.
10: In previous animal studies, the drug sped up recovery while also stopping the virus from spreading. Monkeypox was first isolated in monkeys, but rodents are the primary carriers. It causes a rash that can look like chickenpox. The virus spreads through close contact. Many infections have been among gay and bisexual men. Is this the kind of drug that could be a silver bullet to eradicating monkeypox?
8: I think now the priority has to be what we call elimination as opposed to eradication, which is um, not completely
9: getting rid of it, but eliminating it as a public health threat.
10: If the tests go well, the drug could be rolled out as early as six months. Ian Lee, CBS News, London.
1: Up next, highlighting a part of history that's largely been hidden.
11: A sense of black community in Vancouver completely dispersed.
1: How this library is a new chapter for Vancouver's black community. Plus, a new music video putting a Vancouver landmark in the spotlight.
0: attention consumers, having issues with scammers, price gougers, corner cutters, con artists, or big business bullies. Help is here. And Rua investigates consumer matters on Global
9: News.
1: It's not the first place to come to mind for a music video. Vancouver's Kingsgate Mall. You show me every inch
9: of you, even the parts you were ashamed of. Turn the camera off That's the Arkells with their
1: new music video for the song Teenage Tears. In the video, Arkells frontman Max Kerman is moping around the empty mall alongside Tegan and Sarah who also feature in the song. In a send-up on social media, Kerman showed his dad mimicking his poses in the video with the caption My dad went to the mall to recreate shots from our music video. All right, let's bring in meteorologist Christy Gordon with a look at our weather forecast. And uh, not sure about Sunday, but maybe we need the rain, Christy.
11: Yeah, absolutely. We do need the rain, but it's tough. You know, people trying to get out the last long weekend. If you're camping, that's a little tough. Or you can, if you're not camping, you could sort of do some back-to-school prep on Sunday, that's for sure. Sophie, we broke records again today. This is the fourth day in a row, and I'll show you some numbers in a second. But I wanted to just quickly give you an idea. Uh, August stats are coming in from YVR, and it's showing that August was the hottest August that we've ever had on record at YVR. Not only that, but it was... The second hottest month ever on record in behind July uh, 1958. In addition to that, there was a number of other areas that had the hottest month. Not hottest August, hottest month ever in Kelowna, Vernon, Penticton, Abbotsford, Chilliwack and in Fort St. John. August was exceptionally hot because we had several sort of mini heat waves. Today was no different. Away from the water, humid X values at 35 in Metro Vancouver. It is scorching hot. Tomorrow, the temperature will drop significantly. Huge relief expected tomorrow those of you in the interior hot spot in Canada is 39.6 degrees in Lytton today temperatures are soaring there but temperatures will come down over the weekend still in the 30s but a little bit of improvement more significant improvement expected for you on Monday as well the air quality has been uh, quite bad today in the lower mainland that's specifically because of fires just south of Hope uh, even some just south of the border but particularly areas like Cranbrook high risk level in terms of that air quality and that's not going to change tomorrow. Much of the Kootenai region will see heavy smoke tomorrow, Sophie. So we're talking about widespread smoke in Nelson, Castlegar, right over into the Cranbrook area. For our region, though, we should see a little bit of improvement. Rainfall, though, for the north coast tomorrow and for the south coast, we will see that on Sunday, as you and I talked about. It will also impact the central interior region on Sunday. There's your forecast for tomorrow, though. The rain just mainly across the north and central coast. Inland region's hot and sunny, but a touch cooler than what you saw today and a big difference in temperature for our region but still some sunshine it's sunday that we are going to see periods of rain thankfully we finish off the long weekend with some sunshine and looks like we'll continue with that nice and comfortable as the kids head back to school sophie tonight's central windows weather window coming you to you from the sunshine coast david's bay tracy said she was capturing this photo when a um, a kite surfer happened to just come right by so it looks like the moon and the sun but it's actually the sail from that kite surfer that you can barely see in the bottom left there I was wondering
1: what that was. What an amazing photo. All right, mm-hmm. thanks, Christy. A new library opened its doors in Vancouver today. It's called the Vancouver uh, pardon me, the Vancouver Black Library. But the UBC student behind the project says it's a lot more than books. She hopes the space will start a new chapter for Vancouver's black community. Paul Johnson reports.
4: It was dark in the snow.
0: Soaking up the ambience in Vancouver's newest culture space. For Maya Preshon, this is a dream turned reality.
11: It happened definitely sooner than I could have imagined.
0: Rewind back to the middle of winter when Maya told us about her vision of a library that would tell the story of Vancouver's black community. At the time, she had no location, no funding, just the moxie of a university student who wanted to do something. And what a doer she is.
11: In the 70s, there was a neighborhood that was a community hub for black people in Vancouver, and that was Hogan's Alley. And it was dismantled to make way for city infrastructure.
0: Overlooked and unknown to many, East Vancouver's Hogan's Alley had its roots in the black men who worked as stewards on the trains that came to nearby Pacific Central Station. Jimi Hendrix's grandmother lived there, and musicians like Nat King Cole and Louis Armstrong would eat at its restaurants when they came through town. The city's role in demolishing it for the Georgia Viaduct is now a lesson in what not to do.
9: It was the kind of tenor of the time. That was just how things, they they viewed inner cities as blight. They viewed ethnic enclaves as something to get rid of, not something to embrace. I
11: would just like to say
0: thank you. Hogan's Alley is just one of the stories you can learn about at the Vancouver Black Library, now operating in a building full of art spaces in Chinatown. Everyone is welcome, and you'll find books by black authors about all kinds of black stories, all available thanks to Maya and her volunteers. And finished in time so she can get back to class at UBC.
11: It's all just crowdfunding, crowd support, knowledge from the community, contributions from the community.
0: What are the chances we'll be hearing about Maya Preshon again? In East Van, Paul Johnson, Global News.
1: And congratulations on the opening day. Looks like a great space. All right, Uh, Squire Barnes Mm -hmm. is here tonight with some big Canucks news. Well,
8: I think it surprised a lot of people. It seemed to. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, there wasn't a lot of... Okay, so the news is, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, (laughs) JT Miller has re-signed with the Vancouver Canucks. Seven years, $56 million. Of course, there was a lot of talk that maybe the Canucks should try to move him. They may have tried, but in the end... He's staying right here with Vancouver. All right,
1: we'll find out more about that. And of course, it is Friday, so Squire's doing double duty. Oh, avocados, are they from Mexico? It's
7: just for you. <laughs>
1: There was a buzz in the newsroom, a What's lot of there? excitement. Oh, I thought there was a giant fly. Uh, well, there probably was one of those well, two. Well, not going into anybody's... Didn't that happen Melt. recently? it did. Doug ah. Fords and foreign assers, oh, Yeah, apparently. That's
8: with flies lately. Anyway. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's like, uh, okay, yes, you're right. The buzz was all about J.T. Miller. Mm-hmm. Vancouver Canucks, again, surprising everybody. I don't think we didn't see this coming. In fact, the entire spring and most of the summer, fans of the Vancouver Canucks have been making mock trades involving J.T. Miller. What can we get for J.T. Miller? Everybody has their own ideas. The Canucks, I think, were talking real trades to other teams about J.T. Miller, but they couldn't get anything done, not anything they liked. So now, J.T. Miller's not going to go anywhere. He has signed a seven-year contract with Vancouver. It'll pay him an average of $8 million per year, which, when this contract starts after this coming season, will make him the highest-paid Canuck. But it does go against the grain in a way of what Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alveen had talked about before. They wanted to get Vancouver out of salary cap restraints. Instead, they've increased the cap a lot for the time being. When you do a contract for this long and for this much money, there are always going to be pros and cons. The pro would have to be that Miller is one of Vancouver's best forwards. He has been since he was acquired from Tampa Bay. He might not be as flashy as Elias Pettersson, but he has 217 points in 202 games for the Canucks. You never see him take games off, and he might not be the captain, but he's certainly one of Vancouver's leaders. And unlike a lot of players, he's actually gotten better in his late 20s. Last year was his best season ever with 99 points. the puck,
2: here's Miller. JT Miller the other way, he shoots, he scores!
8: As for the cons, there will be more salary cap contortions for Vancouver Canucks management, but the cap is going to go up in the future, and maybe there are some other moves they have planned. The other con is age. Even though Miller has improved in his late 20s, he will be 30 when this contract begins and 37 when it ends. So obviously what Vancouver is really paying for here is JT Miller to keep things at a high level for the next three to four seasons, and basically anything after that would be gravy. This signing also shows that management believes the Canucks post Travis Green were a better indication of what this team really is, because the core group, the one they inherited from Jim Benning, has not really been touched at all. Now that the Canucks have JT Miller signed, their last big signing to work on is Bo Horvat, who will be a free agent after next season. don't think Horvat expects $8 million a year, not what Miller got, but he is going to want a raise, most certainly, on the 5.5 he makes right now, and he would likely would want a longer-term deal as well. And I think that Beau Horvat would like to stay with the Vancouver Canucks. All right, Serena Williams tonight, round three. Aya Tomlanovich is her opponent. Serena is going to go up 4-3 in the first set. And needless to say, pretty much everybody in the building, except for those who know Tom Yanovich well, are hoping for Serena. But, despite having a lead in the first set, Tom fought back and won this set. 7-5, okay. Serena in the second set roars out to a four-love lead. But again, tie break. Second set, this time though, Serena prevails. This long rally ends there. So they are now in a third set at one set apiece. Vancouver's Rebecca Marino was on the court earlier today. Her third round as well against Jan Shui of China. Marino got off to a good start, took a 2-1 lead. And then Zhang Shui was unbeatable the rest of the first set. She won it six to two. She actually won the doubles portion of the US Open last year. Second set, Zhang breaks Marino for a third straight time. But Marino did fight hard in this one in the second set, got it close and then was finally knocked out after three rounds of the US Open, but she's moved up to 90th in the world in the rankings, and I should say Bianca Andreescu has lost her Mm. match tonight in straight sets, so there you go. All
1: right, I'm looking forward to some avocado commercials. I got one for you. Exciting, stay with us, Satellite Debris coming up next. Jordan Armstrong standing by now with a look ahead to Global News at 11. Jordan?
2: And Sophie, there's a new fire burning in a rural area west of Penticton. Smoke is visible from the city. So far, no evacuation or alerts or orders to tell you about. Plus, a number of people in Vancouver's Fairview neighborhood are dealing with ICBC tonight after a huge tree limb crashed down on their parked vehicles. A Tesla, a van, and an SUV are all damaged. The park board says the tree showed no obvious signs of failure, but the owner of the Tesla says that's not true. She's been calling the city for months, warning that something like this was about to happen. You'll hear from her tonight on Global News at 11. Sophie? Yikes.
1: All right. Thanks very much, Jordan. Did the
8: tree do it on purpose?
1: It wasn't mine. But there's the sentry mode on the Tesla, so.
8: Uh, Capture that tree. Um, All right. Okay. So we'll uh, we'll do a little satellite debris here, of course. Uh, For a lot of people, going to the supermarket might be frightening. I don't just mean like the prices. No. It could mean frightening just intriguing in yeah well, okay okay let's just begin I, i'm confusing myself <laughs> now <laughs> Shalom. Did you get it?
6: There's a, there, there's a lot of, there was I a lot it.
8: of like little homages to old... The Shining ...scary girls. movies like The Shining with the two little girls. Okay. There are certain things I know to put on this show that make you happy. One is animals who can talk yeah. and or sing. Yep. Yeah. And two is anything to do with avocados from Mexico
1: to the Avocados from Mexico Shopping Network, we're buying stuff for your avocados totally isn't
5: weird. Take it away, Molly. Worried your avocado isn't getting enough skin-to-skin contact? Worry no more with the avo carrier. Look how always in season he is. <laughs> I want one of those. Are you kidding? Thanks to this chip floaty, your avocado will be healthy, delicious, and poignant. So smart. So smart. Take your avocado to meet your parents with our new travel collection. I'd wear that to a wedding. This music box plays all their favorite jams. I'm sorry, this song always gets me. Protect your avocado from bears and humans with this luxury yurt. Super safe, right, Maria?
7: Hmm. Jump.
5: it, mm. And last but not least, do avocados have heads? We don't know, but look
1: how cute this helmet is. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Remember, your avocado is
5: worth it. Shop now, we'll throw in Molly. <laughs> Wait.
10: Avocados from Mexico.
8: There you go. Thank you. Uh, An old favorite here, Uh, I love this one. Now we talked hockey today with JT Miller, Mm -hmm. so let's go back and find our favorite Geico commercial with the goalie who is actually a walrus.
0: Geico makes it easy to get help when you need it, with licensed agents available 24-7. It's not just easy, it's having a walrus and goal easy.
2: Good job, job, Duncan! Way to go!
10: It's not just easy, it's Geico easy.
8: Duncan, stay up. No sleepies. That animal couldn't talk or sing, but he could play goal.
11: Yes, no, no, I appreciate it. And avocados. There
8: you go. All
11: right, Christy, last word. Much relief expected tomorrow across the South Coast. It'll take a little while for the interior, though. Enjoy, everyone. Bit of rain on Sunday, though. Happy Labor Day weekend, everyone. Good night.